One of the things that your program does is it forces the uh, people to go out and really talk to customers, to do customer interviews. What tips can you share um, for running those customer interviews? What is it that you teach them to do? So the first thing that we do to help people conduct the interviews is start with an emphasis on are you actually listening to what people are telling you? Um, we work very hard with them to try to avoid um, the entrepreneurial trap that is confirmation bias. So posing and forming questions and shaping conversations in a way that will get you to where you want to be, which is confirming what you turned up with as your kind of um, your, 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 your assumptions around what your business should be and what you want to do. And um, although that's easy to say, the actual process for checking whether you're really listening or not um, and avoiding confirmation bias um, is twofold. One is um, suspending talk of solution and just focusing on customer and problem to begin with um, and allowing that often to be a relatively free-ranging conversation and some of the times you will happen on problems that you will never be able to tackle, um, but you'll get a sense for where the problems that you might be able to tackle might sit in the overall um, the overall rankings um, or the overall kind of list of priorities for your potential target customer. So one is relatively free-ranging conversations exploring customer and problem and not talking about solution. And then the second and perhaps more important and more um skilled approach over time is the process of clearly articulating and highlighting and defining a hypothesis and then using numbers to work out whether you validated or invalidated it or not. Um, it's very easy just to go and listen to lots of people and very quickly just get a whole load of noise and not to be able to detect what are the repeat messages that you're getting from that audience. And we find the process of very rigidly forming hypotheses, testing them and then validating or invalidating them and putting statistically significant numbers to each um, is how you can um, go about really making sure that you are getting accurate learnings from the conversations that you're having. So a lot of people want to phrase their hypotheses with an element of their solution infused into it. So they will say hypotheses like um, get time to getting results is important. Um, and what they mean there is that their solution probably is going to accelerate the time it takes to get results. So they are therefore stating the reverse of their solution in the hope that someone validates it as a problem. And that's dangerous because you start to infuse your own solution into the form of questioning that you are that you are um, that you're putting and and the way you phrase it and the way that you're putting it to your potential customers. So just going back to the two examples there of having free-ranging conversations, not talking about solution first of all. So there we would say not, you know, is time an issue in getting results first of all, but more when you're analyzing this particular sample, when you're sending this off to your clinical reference laboratory, whatever it happens to be, what are the problems associated with that and what are the impacts of those? And you have a relatively free-ranging conversation that says, oh, well, it's this, and it means that sometimes I don't get it back for this period of time. And the and, and the kind of so what question, the, well, what does that mean? 
Why is that important? How does that affect you? If you ask so what three or four times, you tend to drill down into. And actually, the issue here is a load more admin than I would normally want to have to deal with. So it might not be about the time to get the actual results. It might be when you really dig, it's about admin. And then once you get that as a hypothesis, then you can state that in your follow-up interview with a number of other people to work out, actually, is that what one in five people think, one in 10 people think, or is that a nine or eight out of 10, or is it a 19 out of 20 or a 50 out of 50 in terms of something that they recognize? But that two-stage process of letting them put forward suggestions to allow you to start to form and articulate your hypothesis. And then once you've got a clear hypothesis, putting it to a statistically significant number of people is the kind of two-stage process we use to do that. <clears throat> because too often people will take their solution and color it, and it will, it will be used to color the way the questions are phrased in the first instance, and that's very dangerous.